What's up, guys? Welcome to the feed for this week's household and homestead. It was a good week, um, I think, for us. Yes, we indeed. were able to go back to church again, right? That was super nice. That oh, was. That was great. Pastor Stewart, Pastor Brandon here um, to talk through uh, different things. This week's topic is going to be fun. Um, we'll get yeah. into that a little bit later and stuff like that. But yeah, so this week, first week, we were actually allowed to go back to church by the governor. Well, sort of to church. Mostly church. To assemble, we should say it that way. We were allowed to assemble. That's right. We were granted permission <laughs> to um, to assemble. There it is. I think, I can't remember which one of those is in the Bill of Rights, but we were, that was, the state of emergency <laughs> was lifted to some extent where we were allowed to assemble out in the open yeah. with certain qualifiers. Yeah. So we took the opportunity. Do the social distancing thing, had to stay six feet apart. Uh, some people still stayed home. They were trying to be safe, but I feel like our service. Um, I feel like our service went really well. It like, did. Yeah, I feel like how, it did, was how nice. did it go? What'd you uh, preach on? We did um, Philippians one twenty seven, and we talked about uh, how Paul, how getting along with one another inside the context of the church is a witness to the world around you. It was it was a cool little cool little thing. What'd you do? I preached on love, Ooh. on God's love. I wonder if before I really launch into what I preached on, you think they would turn the uh, music down for us like <laughs> in, the, uh, in the secret bunker? Yeah, I can go do that. Matt can do that. Matt can ask him. Matt. Matt's got that. We have a producer in the studio Who's with Matt? us for the Who's first Matt? week. That's right. Oh, producer man. Matt. Producer Matt is with us. He's going to be has, mostly off camera, though. Well, but he wrote all the show notes, so. That's right. So <laughs> if there's a problem, it's, it's producer this Matt. Is, this is awesome. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, that's right, we times. got some folks tuning in, I'm sure. Yeah, man, we got a handful of people in the feed already getting ready to jump in and do some, do some cool stuff. With I, you know, I was excited about what I preached. Yeah? I, you know, it's one of those, I've learned over the years, you have to preach something, you know, a few times. Before people start getting yeah. what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but I was excited about it. As, as soon as I began my sermon, the church across the street had a, uh, they launched a parade. It was Ooh. a pastor's appreciation parade. <laughs> and what they did <laughs> is they drove by the uh, church and honked their horns. Like the whole time? Just held on the horns. Just, I mean, so I basically really? had the first five minutes of my sermon was just a cacophony of celebration and horns and balloons and shouting. And, um, oh, good time. Okay, okay. So, you know, it's hard to open a sermon with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I, I worked through it. What we, was, what was actually good. going on? So, I mean, come on. We the know pastor this. was... Um, oh, it was across the way. Yeah, the across, other st- church across, across the street. The street. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it wasn't a Brandon pastor appreciation parade. Mm-mm. It was... Over there. Well, you see, but while I'm preaching, I didn't know what it was. Okay. It was just a lot of horns being honked. <laughs> <laughs> so there was always this thing in the back of your head, like, are people mad at us or, or are they happy? <laughs> but it had nothing to do with us. They were appreciating their pastor, giant uh, parade going down the street. And, uh, but fortunately, they didn't, that didn't happen at the cl- conclusion of the sermon. It happened at the introduction, so mm. that was okay. But I preached an 18-minute long sermon, so you should be proud of me for that. That was That's quick. Yeah. That might be the shortest one you've ever done in your entire life. Oh, absolutely. Was, Other than like at a wedding or something. Oh, that's true. Yeah, wedding. But I mean, this, yeah, it was definitely the shortest Sunday morning sermon I've ever preached. Yeah. Before this, the shortest was 29 minutes. 
Dang. So well done. I feel like didn't you get in trouble for your twenty nine minute sermon? Like, didn't I somebody did. come and like, hey I man, did. you need to get back to work. This is too short. Yeah, I can appreciate that though. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. It's, you it's, know? it's better than the. I've I've gotten in trouble for. Excuse me. You know your sermon was fifty minutes long today. Yeah. Well, I understand that. <laughs> I didn't want to do that to folks. We're outside. It's sunny, you know, a little warm. But yeah. honestly, the weather couldn't have been better. It was real pretty. I mean, it, I was very thankful for that. Yeah. We had a little bit of shade. Folks were smiling and happy. It was nice to be back. Yeah, it was real pretty. We, it was good to see everybody again. Everybody that came to Opelousa's service was, I mean, they were excited to be there. They were seeing their friends. It was hard for everybody to, like, not start hugging each other and stuff like that because you could tell everybody was excited but it was that's it was right. nice mm-hmm. it's nice to be to be back in a sense in a way we're back amen so amen Ooh, well, samantha's plane says that she's planning pastor appreciation parade for you <laughs> you know I, as a child when people did surprise parties and and sang happy birthday to me yeah i would climb under the table <laughs> and and, and convulse in fear anxiety like through the through the roof Oh, I, I, I don't like to be made, uh, I don't like that. Everybody that knows me knows that I don't like that. Which is hilarious, because um, you're a preacher. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I never chose this, though, honestly. I try to tell people that all the time. Your job it, is to in me. front of people. Um, <laughs> That's so. awesome. That's yep, awesome. yes, indeed. Well, we got some folks listening, got our usual 1,000-person audience. That's right, uh, 1,015 today, to be exact. So nice. That's nice. That's nice. We got some good people in there checking things out. Um, a lot of folks say that they're listening nervously this morning because they see the topic that we're going to be addressing. They're wincing a little bit in I, a playful way. They're being playful. But, yeah, yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. Is it the beard? Is it the beards? That's probably what is frightening people. Right. There's I feel just like a, most are intimidated by my beard. Your it, beard is not. Mine's a little more. You know, urban. A little yeah, more there you city. go. It's ur- yeah, that feels oh. nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's painful, right there. It's good. Yeah, the, it's good. the beards just exude so much toxic masculinity <laughs> that uh, folks are just deathly afraid. People get nervous. I got to be nervous. honest with you. I try in everything I say to s- stick to the Bible. I really do. Mm. And um, and I really think what we're going to see today is just straight Bible. And I actually think Amen. it's going to be very encouraging. I think Amen. it's going to reorient people's passions mm. um, and help them structure their lives better. And though we're talking about the virtuous wife, this really is a show for young men. Mm. Um, this passage of scripture was actually written for a young man, a mm. prince who is preparing to uh, establish his kingdom and become a king. So it's interesting. It's a passage of scripture, Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10, written by a, a woman Hmm. But it's for her son, who's really? preparing to become a king. Huh. So it's a, a, a written by a woman, and it talks about a particular type of woman. But this passage is really mostly um, to the son. And, we, of course, we know that Proverbs is, is addressed to covenantal sons. Mm-hmm. Uh, from the very first verse, we know that it's, you know, my son, hear my instruction, fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. Right. So... Um, this is really is for young men, but it, it talks about wives. So it's really something for everybody. Mm. And uh, I've, it's been huge, uh, a huge help for me. I think it'll be a huge help for anyone listening. And it will really be a huge help if you have little kids and, and they're preparing to get married and you're trying to uh, steer them in the right direction with mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. So done. Proverbs 31. Let's go. I'm ready. Starting in verse 10. You Here ready? It is. 
All right. It's, this is the uh, virtuous wife or the uh, wise wife using proverbial language. Um, and in verse 10, it's an excellent wife who can find. Hmm. You know, if you can find a beautiful wife, that's good. If you can find an intelligent wife, that's good. But this particular type of excellent wife is incredibly rare. If a beautiful wife is one in ten, you know, mm-hmm. if an intelligent wife is one in ten, an excellent wife, as we're going to see defined, might be one in a million, you know, one mm. in a thousand, one in a hundred. Um, so this is like, you're real lucky if you pull this off, if you land this. Oh, I actually think, I think that this is part of covenantal promises that God has for his, his children in general. Hmm. And I also believe that this is not something you're, you're born with. This is something you grow into. Okay. This is something you grow into. As so, you walk in the fear of the Lord mm-hmm. and you walk down the path of wisdom, you become this. You so become you're not saying say to all the 20-year-old men listening that here men is the checklist that everything, everything that you're looking for in a future wife and she must have it now. We're not saying no, that no, no, right no. now. There is one thing, and, and we're kind of jumping the gun here, mm. but at the very end of the chapter, he summarizes it, and he says, essentially, beauty is vain, um, but a woman who fears God is mm. to be. Really, if you marry someone who fears the Lord, who's a Christian, right. a genuine Christian, then by God's covenantal grace and his love and sanctification, this is what they become. It's just so funny because we'll talk more about this later, I'm sure, but we function the opposite way, at least from what I've seen. Our our young men are looking first for um, a good-looking woman, and then they worry about the other things. But item number one on the checklist. And we're going to talk about this. Solomon (laughs) did that too. and (laughs) Did not work out well. He learned the hard way. (laughs) So, well, let's get into it. An excellent wife. Who can find? She is far more precious than jewels. Far more precious than jewels. That's right. Hold on now. This, that's true. We, we're, we're talking about this. This is getting real close to possessions <laughs> here, Pastor Brandon. Hold yeah. on now. Yeah, it it is a poetic comparison. And if you just take this particular verse out of its context and put it into our modern day feminist context, you're you basically just blow the whole Bible up. Just throw it away. Mm. Um, if if you if you can't listen with charity. If you can't read the Bible with charity and openness, um, in the fear of the Lord, just forget the whole, the whole thing. You have to understand that this verse comes to us in the context of the book of Proverbs. And if you understand that context, this makes perfect sense. Um, I, I personally have been studying the Proverbs now uh, for over 20 years, off and on. But over the last two years, I've been studying the Proverbs very intentionally, um, um, I'm reading, I've read multiple commentaries on the Proverbs. I've done podcasts on the Proverbs. Um, I think I know how to make sense of this. All right. Okay. The opening passage of Proverbs says this. It's basically, my son, hear my instruction. It's a king writing to his son mm-hmm. about how to be successful in life. Mm-hmm. It's a, especially how to build a successful household. That's why we're doing this on household and homestead. Right. He says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. He says, if you walk in the fear of the Lord and you keep the statutes of God, all sorts of things are going to come to you. Hmm. All sorts of peace and blessings and prosperity. Think of it this way. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, who was an internationally famous, rich, wealthy, prosperous, noteworthy, godly man. Mm-hmm. His, his blessings from God 
his covenantal blessings that God had given him, made him so famous that um, na- people from other nations would travel yeah, just to adore God's faithfulness to his people. Mm. Like the Queen of Sheba in 1 Kings chapter 10. Right. Just come to like hear his wisdom. Right. Bring all kinds of gifts and money and all kinds of stuff yeah, with them in the game. And so we might think, well, simple people like us can't have access to that. But the first chapter of Proverbs says these bits of wisdom are for the simple, that they might become wise. Mm. It's basically saying everything that King Solomon got when he prayed for wisdom, Mm -hmm. you can have access to it as well. Mm. And all the success and the abundance and the blessings that God had given him, that's your life too. Here are the stipulations. Mm. Here is the lifestyle to follow. Follow these things and you can generally expect the blessings of God in covenant Turn from these things, like don't listen to the ant, you know, don't listen to wise instruction, don't gather a multitude of counselors around you, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. don't save all the things that the Proverbs talk about. Then you can expect cursings, negative sanctions of God's covenant. Mm -hmm. So simply put, this whole book of Proverbs is about how to have and raise and lead a successful household, really. Mm. And even in, and that's mainly the point here, even in the area of finances and economics, All over the Proverbs, it's talking about money, how to be successful Mm. with money. And so as we come to the very conclusion of the book, Solomon makes, he adds this instruction from a a queen as his final concluding point. Hmm. And he says, okay, I've told you all this about how to be successful, you know? Mm-hmm. All this about raising a, a, a godly, successful household, about saving and money management and lending and borrowing and debt and how to rule over a kingdom. But I have this one last thing to tell you. Right? If you listen to everything I've said and you don't marry a woman who fears the Lord, if you don't embrace an excellent wife and you get drawn away by beauty or vanity, you're going to lose it all. Dang. <laughs> so pay attention. So this is the preeminent, most important lesson on if you want to build a household, you you need to marry a woman who fears the Lord and is walking in his statutes. And here's what it looks like, my son. Mm. Now, why would Solomon save that for last? Mm. That's a question I think is obvious because this is where Solomon blew it. Ooh. See, that was the question that was already coming up in my mind the whole time that we were talking. Yeah, he's wise, but he kind of screwed the pooch up real bad. Okay, this is super helpful. Solomon had all this wisdom. It's demonstrated publicly. God visibly blessed him. Mm. Nations were drawn to him and were drawn to God. You know, he was a city on a hill. You know, he's everything the church should be. He's everything a young man should be. But he married 700 Wives and concubines. It could be a problem. Close to a thousand. The Bible tells us explicitly they worshipped idols. Mm. They didn't fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. And they drew his heart away. Right. And God took the kingdom away from him. Mm -hmm. Let him die in peace. But he said, but the kingdom will be taken from your son. So his whole household, his dynasty. Everything was All that he had blessed was taken Mm. because he didn't have... This preeminent bit of instruction mm. on his wife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take it this way. When Adam, the, the first Solomon, so to speak, the first king, he was given a dominion mandate. Right? Fill mm-hmm. the earth. Subdue it. Exercise dominion. Mm-hmm. God didn't give him 
a, a treasure chest of rubies. God didn't give him a 401k. Mm-hmm. God didn't even give him a tractor. God gave him a co-laborer, a co-heir, a co-ruler. Gave him a wife. That's what this is teaching us here. Mm-hmm. So it looks like he's comparing a wife to money, as mm-hmm. if the wife and the money are on the, are the, of the same type. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's in the context of building a successful household. Right. The number one thing you need is not a 401k, young man. Mm-hmm. It's not an inheritance. It's not to marry someone who's rich. The number one thing you need for building a successful long-term inheritance, legacy, name, is a godly woman, hmm. is a godly wife. That's why he makes Amen. this comparison. Amen? Yeah, absolutely. Makes sense. I can see that in my life. Absolutely. And you can see all the things that it will benefit. If you go down the chapter, you can see that he will have no lack of gain. That's money talk. Mm -hmm. It says she will do him good all of her life. What kind of good? If you read it, it's amazing. Real estate investment, industry, merchandising, Mm -hmm. distribution, strength, prowess, wisdom, all of these things she contributes to him. And so the point in having a successful household is that's way more than being (laughs) rich. Right. Right. Flip it around and say it the other way. Pastor? Wouldn't it be better to have $10 million up front as far as household success mm-hmm. than to be married to a godly woman? Wouldn't that clearly be better? But here's the thing. You might be able to invest it well. You might be able to get interest. You might be able to build an empire. But you're going to hand it down to children. Mm. And just like Ooh. Solomon, you're going to lose it. That's deep. It's not going to last. Ooh. So um, wealth, beauty, the allure of the world, you know, it's intoxicating. It's bait. Mm-hmm. But if you grab at that, you know, it's eventually going to slip through your fingers. Amen. The number one factor, the number one thing to grasp for and to look for and to find is an excellent wife. Mm. Not someone who's perfect. Like, we don't want to tell young ladies that you need to find a man who's like you know, Charles Spurgeon <laughs> or, or Jesus, you know, just, just a little bit not as quite as good as Jesus. No, and we're not trying to tell young men to find this you know, Lydia, this Tabitha, this, you right. know, uh, right. this is poetry. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This, this is um, laying out a vision right. for a young man and for a young woman. Mm-hmm. So... But we are saying, find someone who fears the Lord. Well, at the very end of the passage, he's going to summarize all of this and basically say, don't fall for it. Don't fall for this. Don't fall for that. You need someone that fears the Lord. Amen. If you fear the Lord and you walk in his statutes, he'll make you this. Amen. That's why I think this is part of the covenantal blessings and covenantal promises. Mm. Right? Um, Consider, let's consider practical application of this. Okay. This is just for fun. We could apply this in a bazillion ways. Sure. Okay? Sure. But in the application of successful household, okay. that's what this show is all about. Right. Why would a God-fearing, industrious, excellent, thrifty, strong, powerful, excellent wife, as described here, mm-hmm. be better than a million dollars in a Roth IRA? Right. And I think the reason is, we've already said one, but another one is, consider this, division of labor. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, A young man recently tweeted, and I read it recently. He said, 
it was entitled hashtag winning. And he said, I'm 28 years old. I went ahead and got a vasectomy. So I don't have to worry about children. I don't have to worry about all of that stuff. I can save money. I don't have to spend money on that. I don't have to worry about getting married. All of those various financial liabilities. Okay. That's not hashtag winning biblically. No. That's hashtag losing. That's like scary to me. Right. My gosh. <laughs> right. It is kind of sad too. But just on a practical term, on a proverb term, because proverbs are practical, they're earthy. Sure. Division of labor makes a household way, way more productive hmm. and successful. Think about the educating and the discipling and the raising of children. There's a lot of jobs to be done. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you are a single parent, you know this. You know how uh, very, very difficult it could be. Mm -hmm. And you could see if you had someone to come alongside you. Now, you have the Lord, and his grace is sufficient. Absolutely. And through our weakness, he is strong. Amen. But you could see if I had someone to come alongside of me, as a co-heir and a co-laborer, wow. I mean, just think about finances. I don't know about y'all, and maybe you can say, I don't manage our finances. I don't keep the ledger. Mm. Um, do y'all, how do y'all do it in your house? So in our house, I take care of the money, but Rachel does. The, the thing that I keep telling people is, like, if she did not exist, there is no way that we could do anything that we do in our life. She we know that. takes we care of the household. Matt's she takes laughing. care of the He's kids. Like, yeah. yeah, there's no, there's no way. <laughs> if if I was not married to that woman, we wouldn't have a business that worked because I wouldn't have the freedom to be able to move around and do that. The church plant would have failed years ago because I wouldn't have the freedom <laughs> to go and do that. And she wouldn't be um, reminding me of things or encouraging other people in the church, just being Absolutely. A, an amazing helper. It wouldn't be possible for us to do the things that we do in our house. So our division's a little bit different than yours, but mm -hmm. still... My wife, early on in our marriage, worked as a banker. So that makes total so sense. So it was kind of just, it worked. Right. But, you know, I made some mistakes earlier in my marriage where I kind of was like, okay, she manages the money. I'm not going to think about it. Hmm. I'm just going to make as much as I can and spend as little as I can, hands off. That was a terrible mistake. Hmm. Because what she needed from me and the way God wired us is to set some a sort of like a vision for the family finances. Mm. Get a plan together. She could keep track of it and manage it and balance the accounts and have a million spreadsheets and tell me this and that. Right. But, but what she needed me to do is come alongside and say, okay, here's our goals. Here's our purposes. Mm. And that's kind of how God has wired us in our personality. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's a division of labor. I mean, just think of this as household and homestead. So just think about the processing of a rooster. Right? <laughs> if it's just one person, what do you have to master? You have to master so many different trades. Right. I mean, you had. I, I, By my, processing, you're not just talking about skinning the animal. No, you're I mean getting it to the point where people want to actually eat it and with smiles on their faces. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> There's so many. I've learned this recently. And I told my wife before, and I hope my kids aren't watching the show right now. <laughs> At least not my, because I don't know if they'd be happy with me. But, We're going to find out. But I told my wife, I said, I can't do this mm. alone. Mm. I said, I feel like I can do this, this, and this. But, but when it comes to this, this, and this, I am absolutely clueless. Mm. If we don't come together on this, we can't accomplish it. Mm. So do you want to do this together? 
Like it was like a rooster covenant. It was like, <laughs> if we're going to, and I'm not the only one that does this. I listen to a homestead podcast and I read homesteading books. Yeah. They always say you have to have an agreement with your wife. Hmm. Now it's not a, a God. It's not a, one of the three institutional covenants from God. <laughs> sure. It's a, a small homestead covenant. Right. You basically say, okay, you're going to buy a dairy cow. You and your wife must be in covenant because this is not something that one person can do by themselves. Mm. You, you can't master all of the, um, all of the you know, culinary arts mm. and the raising and the farming and the tending and mm. the husbandry and how to do the slaughtering. You know what I mean? How to do the food prep, the storage. And then if you're doing it on a large scale, the distribution, the marketing, you can't do that by yourself. Right. God gave Adam a co-laborer and a co-heir, a co-ruler, because together they make an awesome team. Right. It's the number one factor. God didn't give him a tractor. Absolutely. Didn't give him a Roth IRA. (laughs) Here's your dog. Right. Nothing like that. He gave him a a woman, Mm. creating them... Male and female in the image of God, Amen. together modeling the Christ and the bride of Christ who rule and reign together now on earth in his millennial reign as it manifests itself over time. You know, that's just a little, that was a little nugget for you. Amen. But he does this so Let's that go. we might be productive and successful. Think about the raising of children, discipline, the nurturing, mm. the comforting, the mm. feeding, the clothing. You know, all of this requires a lot of skills. And when you have division of labor, you don't have to be a master of everything. Right. That's right. That's right. Man, so, that's so helpful. Like, uh, I keep thinking back to my wife, and I'm sure that our listeners out there. By the way, guys, if you've got questions or anything like that, feel, feel, to, feel free to drop them in the comments. But I keep thinking about my wife and how impossible our life would be if she was not who she is and wasn't around in the home. Like she's doing so much even right now. She's like taking up baking and stuff. We've got bread in the house all the time. The kids are doing homeschool because of the COVID-19 things that are happening. She's crushing that with them. Like we, because of what we're talking about before, the virtuous wife, I feel like for a lot of people, maybe the quarantine and all the things that came with it was like this huge hurdle that they had to get over really for us. We didn't really feel it that much. It was, it was a like, blessing from God. Well, we're homeschooling. Okay. Amen. We're moving forward. He gave yes. you a virtuous wife. Amen. You're, you're Shout seeing out the to blessings of that. Virtuous wife out right? there. Right? You're seeing the blessings of it. Absolutely. More efficiency, more productivity, you know, more success, all of the above. Right. No all doubt. of the above. And your, your children are reaping the benefits. Your legacy is extending out over time. Now, just in case, there might be some people who are not listening charitably. Mm. And so let me just say this. Marriage is not about economics, period. Right? Right. Okay? Right. But we are dealing with a passage that compares a godly wife to money. Mm -hmm. So we have to unpack these things. This is the main point here. Mm -hmm. Okay? Mm -hmm. Um, We think of the Song of Solomon. If we did a show on the Song of Solomon, we wouldn't be talking economics. Right? <laughs> right. Right. If we talk very about Christ, different conversations. Yes, right. So this is not all there is to it. But I mean, but this is a part of it. Right. And for a show household and homestead, this is um, you know, right up our alley. A crucial part of the household. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Now the next verse is going to make it plain. Mm-hmm. Verse 11, why he says this, okay? He says the heart of her husband trusts in her. Mm. And he will have no lack of gain. Are folks following along? I don't know if they're reading along in their They're absolutely Bibles. following along. Amen. 
Well, look at verse 11. It says why, young man, if you want to have a successful household, you need a co-laborer. You need an Eve, hmm. first and foremost, okay? And this is why, because your heart is going to trust in her, and you will have no lack of gain. Now, that gain is translated by the King James Bible as spoil. It's a bad translation because we're not talking about, <laughs> not the talking spoils about war, of war here. Yeah, that's right. But at least we, we can see and, and we know from other passages of Scripture that this is talking about money. Mm-hmm. It's talking about economics. Mm-hmm. As you continue to read the passage, you see it's obvious, okay? Mm-hmm. But what is the connection there, though, between heartfelt trust and no lack of gain? You have to understand the way the Proverbs are written. They're written with Jewish parallelism. This Ooh. is the, a, a different way of saying the same thing. The heart of the husband trusts in her. He will have no lack of gain. Trusts in her about what? Right? Trusts in her about what? It's connected to money. Right? Mm. Why does he need to trust her in the area of gain? Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If you have a, a godless woman who does not fear the Lord... The, the thing we can conclude is that you will not trust in her in the area of gain and you will have very little chance of economic success mm, mm-hmm. or household success. Mm-hmm. But if you trust her agenda, her goals, her affections, she's in it to win it with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your heart trusts in her as it comes to the gains. You, you have division of labor. She's doing this. You're doing that. Great gain. Great success, great gain. A household without this bond of trust, what does it look like? Separate accounts. Right. Fighting, greed, suspicion. Mm. Mm. Separate agendas, separate visions, Complete. separate budgets. It's like a total lack of trust. You're not able to, you'd never be able to be free enough in your relationship to really grow okay. in any way. That's right. Two visions is division. <laughs> <laughs> Right. That's the Latin right there. It destroys the benefits of marriage, the Mm. benefits of this division of labor. Mm. It undermines God's design for marriage. Why would God want marriage to be successful? Because he has given it the dominion mandate. He has a job for it and a goal for it, and he sets us up for success. But if your heart doesn't trust her in the area of gain, it's only going to sabotage the entire affair. So let's say this then. So you've been married for a little while. Maybe you weren't necessarily um, married over married when you were Christians. Maybe you got saved later on, and there's some there's some trust issues there between your between you and your spouse. How do you start to course correct? How do you how do you fix it? Yeah. Well, it's important to to, to immediately recognize that it's not a money issue mm. at that point. Money is the the stimulus for the fight, perhaps, but it's really a deeper issue of trust of godly fear, of understanding God's design for marriage. Mm. You need pastoral wisdom. You need biblical counsel. You need the fear of the Lord. Mm. You get those things in your marriage, the money problems work themselves out. Ooh, so loop your pastors in. Great, simple step. Loop your pastors in, talk to them before things go thermonuclear. Yes, (laughs) and and you have to trust your pastors. Mm. You have to listen to your pastors. Pastors know more about God's design for marriage than the average Joe. Right. That's their job. They're literally paid to learn these things for long periods of time. Right. 
And right. so that's how, why God gave us pastors to help us with these things. Amen. And, but you're also going to have to stop blame shifting. You're going to have to repent. You're going to have to own it. The man's going to have to own it. The wife's going to have to own it. Right. It's going to take a long time, perhaps, right. to it's not uh, something work through these things. not going to just flip a switch and everything goes no, away. No, sanctification, right. whether it be the sanctification of an individual or the sanctification of a home, takes time. Mm. Mm-hmm. But you can walk in God's timing with that. Amen. So what sort of good does she do for him if you are joining us on the show? Look down at the verses. You can see it's amazing. What sort of good does she do for him and give him gain? Industry, entrepreneurship, wealth generation. She's a willing worker. She's into merchandising, real estate speculating, investment, mm. all around wisdom and instruction for life. Right? We should really say that for all those things to happen, there has to be trust there because you're, it's she has access to resources and money and things like she it's that, that's it's the point. as much she that's can go connection. out and do it and and she can do it and he, and the husband yes. says knock it out babe you got this it says Run she's it. out there it said one verse is she's out there speculating on some real estate purchases she's doing the numbers mm-hmm. she's managing the ledger if he has no heart of trust for her how could it even happen? It's just going to handicap everything right now. This doesn't mean you trust someone who's godless. Right. And, you know, That's they right. don't have the same agendas <laughs> and visions, right. but yeah. this is the ideal. This is a blessing from God. Amen. And if you have this, wow, what a success you can be. Right. All, right. All things being equal. Sure. All right. So now we need to get into a little excursus. Now we need to talk what our world thinks about all this. Okay. But before we do that, maybe we need to take a moment to say hi to our viewers. Yeah, man. We got great folks in. Everybody's checking in, saying hello with us. Um, Pastor Kirk asks if we could just very quickly cover the songs of Solomon for him. <laughs> <laughs> we I, should do a show on that one. I have publicly admitted, and I will admit right now, that is one book I'm not ready to preach on. <laughs> and it's not because I'm a prude. It's not at all. I'm still trying to figure out what it means. What the heck is going on in there? <laughs> like, people think Revelation is hard. No, I feel pretty good about Revelation. Right. It's right. the Song of Solomon <laughs> that is the most mysterious. But anyway, we'll save that for another show. Uh, Kobe Bergeron asks, is it true that a man and a wife have to be 50-50? They are like, he says, are, are they just 50-50 on all decisions, equal in on all decisions, or is it a different model? Is it no, different well, decision? Kobe's getting into the roles in marriage, mm-hmm. and he's getting into the hierarchy of marriage mm-hmm. that has been designed by God. Um, I th- we're going to save that for another show. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, let's see. Raquel Manuel says that she and her husband worked together to clean some chickens the other night. Said they did two over the weekend. Really nice. And they, they were all, it's a family bonding time. I think, Look I at think that. the homestead is a, is a clear and obvious display of what we're talking about here. Yeah. It, people that work on homesteads, you don't have to tell them this. <laughs> no. Now, no. Now, the division they of know labor, they can't yeah, do it all alone. You, yeah, or stuff starts, bad starts happening. Right, right? that's but right. the division of labor, I'll just say this, is something that people fight about all the time. Right. Especially when they're newly married. I mean, I've, there's mm. counseling books entitled, Who Does the Dishes? Okay? <laughs> like beca- because yeah. it's designed for people fighting over whose job is what. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'll just say this. Young couples, it takes some time for you to find your lanes but you'll find them. Right. Eventually, when you get to a certain age, it's just assumed it, yeah. it, in the family. Everybody's running in the lanes. That's of your job. That's You're right. Like, the, the trash wasn't taken out. It's like, 
(laughs) That's right. Everybody Everybody knows. knows. Everybody knows whose job that is. That's right. That's right. And and so it eventually works itself out. You find gifts. You find skills. You find talents. Some things make more sense than others, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, The man is for more than just lifting heavy things, Mm -hmm. right? he's, He's got a lot of skills and a lot of gifts. The wife is for a lot of things as well. So mm-hmm. you have to work through those things and feel those things and, and work within the, the lines of nature and the way God designed you biologically, mm-hmm. all of that. But I'll also add this. When you start having a bunch of children, the division of labor begins to compound on itself. Now, a lot of people in our church have little children, and they're, and they're frustrated. They're, you know, little irritated. Little kids are hard, man. That's tough. Woo. It's an investment. Absolutely. It's, an, it's a huge investment. Uh, but when they get to a certain age, now my youngest is now nine. Okay. Oh. So oh. I, I'm on just the, I'm just on, I'm just the tip of the iceberg on this. But already now, I'm telling you, li- listen, five o'clock rolls around. It's like, kids, time to make dinner. No way. Don't, not. Jew runs the grill. The girls cut the onions. The other, they all just do it. And me and my wife, we're like working on our lessons. They just make dinner. That's fantastic. That's division of labor. Wow. Now, I One have always wa- wished I had more kids <laughs> mm. because I see how this can. I've always been someone I want to invest in the future. I can see how this can really compound yeah. into great wealth. Mm. I don't mean just literally money wealth. Mm-hmm. I mean the real wealth that the Bible talks about, the wealth of children. Right. You know? Right. So that this principle can be applied to not only the virtuous woman, but raising virtuous children. It begins to compound on itself. You could say that they're more valuable than rubies as well. Right. And then you get to a certain age and then they get married. It compounds again. And then they have grandchildren. Mm. Oh, the blessings are just rolling. That's in. awesome. Yeah. We've so we're not there. With the dinner thing yet. Not yet, but, but your kids are younger, and you have some really, you have we some We got little bitties, but our two older girls, so we have kids in pairs. We have seven and ten, and then we have one and three. And the one-year-old and the three-year-old right now, they, they can sort of pick after, up after themselves, yep. kind of, but that's about it. But our older two girls, they are to the point now where they clean the house at the that's end nice. of the day. And, man, that's like, I, it, you hearing you talk about it means makes me remember, oh, we're... We used to have to do everything. Oh, I forgot. I forgot about that. Like, wow, we're in a new spot. That's right. It feels great. You start yeah. divvying up the household chores. You help them to, to embrace the mission of the household. Mm. And as a dad, one, I think one of the main, fact, main goals of the dad is to sell their kids on the vision mm. um, mm-hmm. like, of what this could be as a right. family and your family. I, I'm always selling my kids on that long time, that long multi-generational vision. Yeah. And uh, I try to paint pictures for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I say things, guys, what if this road here, you know, what if we owned all the property on this road? What if we renamed it Neely Way? Right. <laughs> They're like, wow, dad. Yeah. And so I'm like, I'm all, you know how I am. Yeah. yeah I'm yeah. always trying to sell them on the vision of this. Sure. If I'm doing some electrical stuff, I'm like, Jude, you got to come watch for me. Let me show you how to do this. Mm. This is going to eventually this is going to be all you. Mm-hmm. If I'm doing plumbing, Jude's with me. Mm. When I'm k- killing a rooster, he's Jude's with holding you. it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm helping him learn his rollings and, and calls in the household. And I, man, I'm, I'm not envious. I'm jealous mm. of people who have a bunch, a bunch of kids, like eight or nine kids. Wow. Mm. What a blessing that would be. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. all God has his ways and, and we can trust him. But wow, if, if you could, mm. then 
go for it. I'm telling you. Yeah. I'm not that old, but I'm older than people making these decisions. Go for it. Anyway. Absolutely. So you ready for our excursus? I'm ready. On feminism and how they want to ruin everything. And how they want to ruin birthday cake and ruin. We need sound effects one day. We need a sound effects board. <laughs> okay. It's on the way. It's on the way. We're going right. to get it. Notice. And I hope all of our listeners have read the rest of this passage. Okay, because we didn't take time to read all of the things that this virtuous woman is engaged in. But she's described as a merchant vessel. She's running a business, a small business. (laughs) She's an entrepreneur. She's into merchandising, production, distribution. Notice that none of these things are in the house. Right. In the building. Right. Okay. When we start talking like this, uncharitable people who have been programmed by the propaganda immediately start to place us in propaganda compartments. Hmm. And what they're doing hmm. is ruining life for themselves and everyone. <laughs> right. right? Notice in this passage how big the vision for the household is. Right. Right? Now, in our world today... There's a big vision, not for the household, but for what? The state. Big vision. Imagine the possibilities. A f- Matt, a future you can believe in. Right? <laughs> or, if it's more your style, make America great again. There's such a, such a <laughs> vision for the state, right? There's also a huge vision for corporations, mm. right? Big business. I mean, you think about what's success on television, Man or woman. They're dressed a certain way. You know, they're doing a certain type of thing. We've been programmed by the cultural elites, by the culture at large, to think corporate big vision. Mm. That's where I can find dignity. That's where I can make a name for myself. That's where I can have legacy. Mm. Government, woo, that's where I can make a difference. Mm. That's totally against the Bible. The Bible has this huge vision for this sphere known as the household. And it's huge, okay? It's not fluffing pillows and doing dishes. Right. You understand? That is the shrunken. That's, that's what you're left with after feminists destroy the household. Mm. You're left with these tiny little things, okay? Oh, so women fluff pillows and do dishes, you know? And men lift heavy things and grunt, you know? No, feminists have shrunken the household. And then they're like, so that's where you're living? That's where you're building your identity? How could you? Mm. Don't you have more skills than that? Mm. And the Bible's saying, what do you mean, more skills for real estate investment, speculation, distribution, entrepreneurship, Mm. making a huge and, and great name for yourself? Read Proverbs 31. What we need is a vision for the household, which is big. Mm. Let me let me put it another way. Why go work for the man? Making him rich, building up his corporation, right? building up his name, making his name great in the, in the city gates, investing in his behalf, when you could do all of that for your own family. Mm. You understand? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you, mm-hmm. you want to have a corporation, call it your, whatever your last name is, you know, if that <laughs> makes you feel better. But instead of going work for the man, follow your man that God has given you. you know? Build up your man. Here's the, here's the lie of, of feminism, and here's the slavery that it always produces. You reject the household because you're free. You only end up a slave 
of some other institution. Hmm. Miserable, sad, making other people rich. Hmm. You can't, when you make your corporate boss rich, he's not going to give your children an inheritance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you mm-hmm. build up your own household, you can, if the government will get off your back, pass that down to your children. Amen? Amen. Get a bigger vision. All right. Amen. Now, I don't need to defend, to defend God and his Bible, right? But that's, this idea is offensive because people have a truncated view of the household mm. in their mind. They think aprons and dishes. The primary orientation of a wife in the scriptures is husband, household, and children. Those are the primary orientations, not sure. the only orientations. That doesn't mean the home. It doesn't mean the building, Right. You understand what I'm saying? Now, it might. Well, for a Because there's a ton you could do there, especially right. if, you, you know, if you're creative. And when you've got little kids, it's a, it's a different world for a season when they're itty-bitty. That's yeah. true, too. But you're, you're basically investing in your wealth, mm-hmm. your family's wealth, your future, your legacy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and, that, and that window of time is going to come, come and go quick. That's right. It's going to come and go quick. I can't believe I have a 10-year-old now. Right. When the heck did that happen? Now, Listen. Everything in our society is against this. Property tax, against this. Income tax, it's against this. Right? Social security tax is all against this. The, the, the state and culture at large is doing everything they can to make sure households stay weak and unproductive. The sexual perversion that we see in our nation abortion industry homosexuality all of these things are attacking marriage they're attacking that covenantal bond that Mm. is lying underneath the household and all of it's doing is to destroy the father destroy the mother destroy the household make it weak and impotent and what's going to take its place but other institutions Mm. out of their lane Mm. completely out of their lane right as a father i don't want these other big institutions to steal the heart of my daughters mm. amen, and to lie to them. I want to raise them up with a vision for a household mm. that's, you know, that's, you know, that knows no bounds that can receive covenantal blessings that mm. can grow and grow and build. Um, so consider some of the things, if you want to look real closely at the verse, I think, um, uh, let's see, verse 24. What do you have there? Business enterprise. Right. Mm-hmm. Entrepreneurship. Right. Um, you see some other things as well in the passage. Real estate speculation, mm-hmm. buying and selling. You see that she has a great name in the community. Mm-hmm. Her children ra- rise up and call her blessed. Her husband honors her as well. Mm-hmm. You know, she's she's building a name for herself, a reputation. She's building a household and she's doing it all in, in the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I think that's the vision. That's it. Amen. All right. All right. Well, hope that uh, maybe everyone's a little relaxed now. Maybe they're inspired. Yeah, absolutely. I think they should be. I'm feeling inspired. Yeah. Rachel, we're going to have such an awesome time when we get home later. It's going to be great. <laughs> it's going to be great. No, this is super helpful. Yeah, yeah, man, we got lots of folks in the feed who are saying that they're encouraged by this, um, that they're ready to kind of move forward. Some are saying that they've already kind of started working on things like this in their homes and nice. with their families. It's, I think we got some cool stuff happening in Opelousas and St. Landry Parish. Oh, here's a good question. Jonathan Dupuy says, what about single women? Yeah. Uh, where, do we, where do we say in those particular instances? Um, we'll have to save that for another show. Fair. 
Yeah, we'll Fair. do that on, for another show. Well, the Bible does teach that a single woman can have a household. There is an example of Lydia in the New Testament mm-hmm. who's running the household herself. She has maidens and servants. She's managing the entire thing. Is she a widow? We don't know. We don't know the status. Right. So even if you're a single mom, God's covenantal blessings are there for you. Sure. Even if you're single, God's covenantal blessings are there for you. But the norm, the typical mm-hmm. pattern is that God gives an Eve to Adam, right. and together they exercise um, the dominion mandate Amen. by his grace. Absolutely. And to have, to have that union, like you were talking about for a long time before, division of labor, man, multiple gifts working inside of one household. What a great, yeah. What yeah. A great benefit. It's a, it's a great reward and a great blessing from God and uh, something to, to desire and something to pray for. Um, and even if you don't have it, God is still good to us. God is still good to us. Amen. So, amen, guys. If you're if you're watching the comments in the feed, um, thank you guys so much for interacting with us. I want to do one little shout out real quick. Um, if you buy your lunch today at Frank's, that goes to your the profits from all that goes to the Opelousas Pregnancy Center. We're buying lunch today at Frank's. Amen. You knew that already. I though. knew that. Um, we're going to be continuing kind of working through those things. I want to encourage you guys to put that order in if you live in the Opelousas area. Thank you again so much for watching. Uh, the audio for this will be posted online later on today, sermonaudio.com. Search for We Are Christchurch. Um, you can also go to Christ or wearechristchurch.com slash media and see our full-fledged media page, which is now off the ground. It's, it's going really well so far, and we're continuing to add new and new things. We have a YouTube channel in the works that's coming up as well. And all kinds of cool stuff yeah. happening. Can so, I close this out with the last verses in the passage? Do it, bruh. It's Go verse hard. 30. To the young man, favor is deceitful. You know, that's like reputation. Beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Mm. Covenantal promise right there. She shall be praised. Mm. Give her the fruit of her hands. Right? And let her own works praise her in the gates. Reputation, fame, notoriety, honor that lasts for generations. That's legacy right there. Mm. That's, that's the key right there. In comparison, the wicked do not receive this praise. They do not receive this honor. They are lost to time. They do not receive the covenantal blessings from the Lord. Mm. That's not what we want. Uh, what we want is to pursue this in the fear of the Lord, making households great again. Oh, gosh. That's for you, Matt. <laughs> Matt's over here with his MAGA hat on and everything. Come on, Matt. What oh, you doing, man. buddy? What you? Oh, I know, right. <laughs> That's fantastic. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Amen. Amen. Guys, thanks again so much for watching. We hope that you've got a lot of encouragement today. Don't forget sermonaudio.com. Search keyword We Are Christ Church or go to wearechristchurch.com slash media to get all these resources and other shows. We've got God and Government coming up tomorrow at 11 and How to Dad this Friday at 10 a.m. It was great being with you guys again, and we will see y'all next time. Amen.